My name is Cora Linda, and welcome to my podcast, Filmmaking, actually. One of the most important parts of this podcast, for me and the team here anyway, has been keeping the information free and accessible to everyone. That is why we have the audio version of the episodes, along with a captioned video version on YouTube, and a written format blog version on our website. All of these formats are, and always will be, completely free. As we have continued to connect with more filmmakers, we wanted to grow and be able to offer more through our network. For that reason, we will continue to have our free podcast episodes in all of the various formats. We actually have about five episodes recorded and one more ready to go that will all be coming soon. But big news! Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> We also have branched out into the Patreon universe, where we will be hosting live panels and virtual events for a more interactive experience. Like I said, the Space Dream team and I feel very strongly about making as much content accessible to anyone who wants it. So you're welcome to stick around through our podcast episodes and enjoy everything we have to offer here. We will continue to record and release our episodes through the podcast. What the Patreon adds is the opportunity to gain additional access, along with some sneak peeks, behind-the-scenes content, and special access to live virtual events that you can be a part of. We do understand what it's like to have to operate on a tight budget, so out of respect for that, our Patreon tiers start at $1.99. All the tiers above that share the same benefits. Live video workshops, Q&As, early access, exclusive content... All of that is available equally across all the main tiers. The idea is that those who have the means can support us at a higher level if they believe in the value of what we provide. Community, creativity, growth, all of that. For our podcast listeners, we will continue with our full episodes, and we will share select clips of the workshops we do on Patreon. In this case, I'm going to be sharing about 30 minutes worth of our very first virtual panel. To view the entire event, you can check out the link listed in the episode information, or you can go to patreon.com slash spacedreamfilms. That's one space, one dream, and lots of films. <laughs> with that, our first event was a live virtual panel with festival directors giving some inside baseball about judging, film selection, and festival programming. You can watch the entire event on our Patreon page. But for now, here is a preview with some behind the scenes of the world of film festivals. Quick heads up about sound quality. We were all recorded remotely, and with that capturing process came a few technical hurdles. So we appreciate your understanding on that front. This is something we will be tackling moving forward. All right, here it is. Enjoy. Hello, welcome to our first production this panel on film festivals. Um, I am... My name is Cora. I'm the president of Space Dream Productions, and I am honored to introduce you to our panelists. Uh, seated next to me is Fernando Amigo. He is a filmmaker in his own right, with his first feature film gaining distribution through Amazon and big box stores like Best Buy and Target. He graduated from George Mason University with a double major in fine art and government politics, and began as a colorist for Marvel Comics Entertainment in California. Starting with digitally coloring popular characters like Spider-Man, X-Men, and the Avengers, going on to design movie posters for studios such as Paramount and Universal Studios. In his free time, <laughs> he works to empower other filmmakers as the director of the Go Independent Film Festival Network and the Nova, Fest, uh, Nova Film Festival and Capital Film Market, which is the only indie film market on the East Coast. 
Thank you for being here. Next to him, we have Executive Director of the Horror Hound Film Festival, So Judd, who first dove into filmmaking in high school, supported by her father, who ensured she had a VHS recorder and VCR for editing. She grew through college, starting her own production company and diving into commercial documentary and narrative film work. Her first feature, Devil's Groove, premiered at the New York City Film Festival and won Best Special Effects at the Fright Night Film Festival. Currently overseeing operations for the Horror Hound Film Festival, and her own festival, uh, F3, the Frankly Film Festival, Zoe works to support inclusivity and independent filmmaking while continuing to work on her own projects. Next to her is former city producer for the Tampa 48 Hour Film Project up through 2021, Wendy Robbins. She is a U.S. Army veteran who was in broadcast journalism and public affairs specialist. She's the founder of Dandelion Publishing. Her philosophy is that when some people see dandelions, they only see weeds. They don't see infant wishes just waiting to be made. When you support the filmmakers through running the fast and furious 48-hour film weekends, help hundreds of films be made through two days of madness and encouragement that embodies her idea that life is all about how you frame it. And next to her is Ebony Roberts. <laughs> In love with film since she was seven, following her communications broadcasting degree from the University of Pittsburgh, writer, producer, director, Ebony Roberts was inspired to use her artistic voice to evoke social justice during 2020, following the murders of Breonna Taylor and George Floyd. Her festival is named for her short film, United to Heal, and highlights filmmakers of color who have films that amplify social issues, prompts healing, and uplifts their community. That one's hard to see. <laughs> um, uh, next to her is multi award winning filmmaker and online professor of film at the Los Angeles Film School, T.L. Westgate, who is a lauded filmmaker with an Emmy, Kelly, and multiple festival awards, but not best picture in this pie category last weekend. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> um, apparently, I was told that I am the first female uh, to be here. So that um, <laughs> I got pulled aside afterwards. <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry. Um, in 2017, he started the Fantasy Short Film Festival, which showcases science fiction and fantasy shorts. So there you have it. That is our panel. Um, thank you all for being here. You're all way overqualified, and I'm really honored to share with, with everybody. Um, you know, I love that. I guess the applause makes actual applause sound. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So I'm going to go ahead and jump right in. Um, I'm a filmmaker and I started did the deep end of film festivals and it's been a, a learning curve over the last, you know, six or seven years kind of going through. And there's a lot of difference even within singular festivals. We just had feedback from one uh, judge that said, uh, good Lord, Spaceship and Coralinda are my new favorite filmmakers. This thing was astoundingly good. I've never been multiple times, you know, blah, 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 blah. And then that exact same festival had a judge that called out our hair and makeup and was like, there was no makeup used. And yeah. I was like, there's a shot of her face all beat up. What are you talking about? And it was the same exact same festival. So I'm really curious to get some insight into your guys' world because I only have the receiving end, and then as a, I judge for a script writing uh, uh, competition as part of the festival. 
and I'm always surprised I'll read something and I'll be like, this is amazing. And then I'm like, where are the nominations? Or I'll read something and I'll be like, okay, good job. They wrote a script and it like wins everything. And I'm like, what's wrong with me? So I'm really excited to get your guys' perspectives on all of that. Uh, with that, the um, first question, and we'll have you just all go down. Um, what does a film festival director do? Starting with you, Tanika. I'm still trying to figure that out. <laughs> it's been almost 10 years. Um, one, well, one year I'm going to get it right. Well, uh, you know, Corey, I, Corey, you and I have had a relationship for a number of years now, so it's going to be a diatribe of mine. I, my go-to junket answer for uh, that general question is I, I just see myself as a facilitator. The, the candy comes down the assembly line, and I, I pick out the ones um, with the judges that I think are – uh, that fit into our uh, and, and that are curated and fit into our schedule and um, the ones that are uh, really tasty that they make it to the top and the ones that are super tasty hopefully they uh, they win awards but um, that's that's like the really you know binary black and white of it beyond that there is an incredible human equation in just that people are putting their hopes and dreams and their creativity and their courage out there so uh, that's kind of the in general, those are the two worlds um, from my perspective. That's awesome. And so? Well, if you're talking during the actual festival, I know one thing I don't do is sleep. <laughs> um, so since I'm the executive director of the two festivals, part of my job is finding people and finding the best people to fill in the little niches. So my job is easier. Um, when I started Frankly Film Fest, Everything was me, and uh, I had to go find judges and everything. When I came on board at Warhound, it was mid-COVID. So I often found a lot of things fell on me. And so now I'm learning to delegate. But it's about picking the right people to help and overseeing. And then that weekend, I run around like a chicken with my head cut off making sure everyone's happy, talking to every single filmmaker, making sure they're meeting my judges. And then we, on top of with Horror Hound, because we're combined with a convention, we have the addition of celebrities that'll sneak over to the film festival. So then my job is to make sure they're having a good time. So a little bit of this, a little bit of that, but the biggest job I have found is learning to delegate and trust your people. That's very good insight. Um, Ms. Wendy. Yes, yeah, so um, I'm lucky in that for the 48-hour film project, there's a structure in place, so that's very helpful, but there's a lot, like, you know, a lot. <laughs> People don't realize everything that goes into it. Um, so we, first of all, we're, tr we're recruiting for teams. We're trying to uh, get as many people involved as possible at the same time while we're trying to wrangle and get everyone in to be a part of it because it's so much fun. And, and I guess pr pretty much all the city producers, we've all competed at one point. So we want other people to experience the madness and the joy and the lack of sleep. Uh, and by the way, I totally get what, what the other producers are saying. Like there's no sleep for us at all. So it goes beyond just the 48 hours. So as we're, we're trying to get the teams, then we're also negotiating with the theater. And that's often, we'll think we have a contract and things are set in place. And then it's like all of a sudden, oh no, not really, because there's so much fine print. So, you know, it's just craziness with that. Uh, then of course, the, the weekend itself, the screening, the award ceremony, 
any meet and greets that happen along the way. And then the hardest part of all is even though you encourage everyone to read the rules, you go over the rules, inevitably every single year there has been at least one team that hasn't followed the rules. And that's the part that is just heartbreaking that you know somebody has poured so much of their soul into something, but you have to keep things fair and you have to have that tough conversation of saying, I'm so sorry, but you didn't follow the rules. And um, so that's the hardest part of all, probably even more so than the hours and the lack of sleep and everything else, because you do want people to be able to have their work seen. So I always encourage everyone, don't let this be the end. Let this be the starting point. Take that amazing film and go to other festivals and, and get it out there because it's worth seeing. Awesome. Ms. Ebony? Hey, everybody. Um, so uh, I think I'm a little bit uh, blessed. This for this is my first festival. I decided to put it together this year and I had a really good team behind me. So, I mean, it's been it's been a challenge, but it has also been fun and, and a learning experience. And we've all been on board. I mean, our festival, we made it manageable. So we made it a day, an evening of screening films, short films that we really, you know, on a topic of social justice that we really believe in. So it's really been something that's been exciting and fun to us. And I mean, my job as the director has just been trusting my team 100% and they've come through at every turn. I mean, any challenges we've had, we've been able to work them out together, just staying in constant communication and, and really being able to lean into them has been amazing. So. I mean, my job has been easy so far. So I'm, it's, we debut on the 20th of June. So, um, you know, things are ramping up, but uh, it's been great. That's awesome. What, what are some of the functions that, like what are some I of the mean, So some of the functions I've, I mean, I've had my hands in everything from recruiting for films to sponsorships, to um, finding the venue and, and just anything you can think of, um, just I'm constantly emailing. Like there's the emails don't stop, DMing people don't stop. Like it's just like co constantly communicating with somebody, and every every hour of the day. Like it doesn't even matter. It could be 4 a.m. I'm still emailing people, still <laughs> still trying to trying to get things done and and make sure everything is in line. And it's just taking that ownership of everything. And then making sure that I, I, again, like what everybody else is saying, delegate the proper responsibility to the people um, on my team that will take care of the, the, the loose ends, if you will. No, that's awesome. Uh, Mr. Tiel. Uh, for me as a festival director, it's just all models and bottles, champagne, caviar, super easy. Totally. <laughs> I mean, I, I could reiterate what everybody is saying, but yeah, yeah, it, it all is on your shoulders. And, you know, the more people you have to delegate to to help you with the heavy load, the better. But, yeah, you're the showrunner. It is no small feat. For uh, my next question, um, this is kind of a, a yes or no question, I guess. And I'm I'm kind of curious about this myself as a filmmaker. There's this like rock in the film world of if your film is not set into 12 minutes, maybe five, maybe 13 or 14, you're not going to get that right. Like that's like this thing that floats around that you hear all the time. I've seen films that aren't seven to 12 minutes, uh, both on the short end and on the longer end. Um, I've had films get cut that were longer. I've had films get cut that were shorter. Um, is how I guess the question is how much 
does the runtime, like if a film is amazing, how much does the time really affect uh, the program from your nervous side? I do, I go for, do I go first? Do I go first on the line? Is that how it works? Well, the big overall over under of it is to realize or understand that uh, festivals aren't homogenous. They're like people. They, everyone has got its own quirks, its own style. Um, and even beyond that, just from personal experience, every year is a little bit different. And some years may be a big difference um, from the previous years. So unfortunately, it's a little bit random. And uh, some festivals are, they're, they're going to be super Nazi. It's got to be, you know, if it goes two seconds over, you're in this other category. Other ones, if it's a little more moms and pops or just that particular year, they can uh, ease up on the brakes a little bit. They're like, all right, yeah, it's, you're, you're 50 minutes over. Okay, you're still in that quarter. That's fine. Uh, we get it. And then, I mean, that's not even to get into, because um, our, our, my festivals are, um, our festivals are more comprehensive in the sense that, um and it's every genre, every size, so on and so forth. Um, so a trailer could be longer than a music video in some cases. So you, it's uh, luckily we're not large enough, but that's lucky, where we can still take it case by case, uh, you know, quickly, case by case. But um, yeah, that, that's just the big thing. Uh, all festivals are just like people. They're, they're totally different. They change every season, my opinion. Well, now we're going to find out how your opinion holds up as we go down the line. <laughs> I know this question you can uh, recruit, recruit yourself, but as we go down the line, uh, runtime, is that an issue? Yay, nay, maybe? For me, no. Um, for my judges, we go for quality first. Uh, if it's a great film and it comes in at 37 minutes, then that comes my challenge to get at minimum a 50-minute 50, 50 block. Because um, it's the shortest we run, but we go all the way to blocks that are three, three hours. Of course, that that includes all the promotion beforehand. That includes the Q and A afterwards. But if it's a good film, yes. However, um, there, uh, frankly, we do thirty minutes and under. So I have found that, frankly, sometimes it's easier to program because I know everybody's going to be 30 minutes, except for a couple of seasons ago when somebody sent me a three hour movie and I was like, oh, you submitted a three hour movie to a shorts. Not sure. They even had it in the shorts category. And I was like, okay. <laughs> but um, it's more about quality. And I have been given the kind of carte blanche that we don't have cookie cutter blocks or blocks or not. You have to run two hours. You can't run 201. You can't run 205. So I can program some of those, but it's more about quality. Well, that's reassuring. Um, I know the 48 hour has very, very, very rigid time. Codes. Yes. So very <laughs> I will say from being involved with other festivals before I became a part of the 48 and also visiting other festivals and talking to um, to producers and directors and, and so forth, that um, time is a factor for some. It's, it's exactly what you guys are saying, that every single festival is different. But of course, if you have a shorter film, you have I like to I would say you probably do have a higher chance of getting in because there are a lot of festivals that they want to be able to show as many films as possible. So if yours is 20 minutes long or, you know, goes on and on and on, 
one, you better be able to hold their attention or it's never even going to make it in. <laughs> and two, um, the, usually the programmers want to have as many good films as possible. So if you can tell your story, tell it succinctly. Sometimes I, I've, it's just like, I feel like I'm getting paid by the word right now. Um, just kidding. But, um, but that's sometimes what filmmakers do. Like they want to use every single second they possibly can. And sometimes shorter is better and far more powerful. So just because you have the time doesn't mean you necessarily have to use it. Um, how about for your festival? Is time an issue? Is that? That's yeah. Like, do you look, like, which would you cut something that was amazing because of runtime or would you try it? Like, I mean, yeah. Like Wendy said earlier, you got to know the rules. The rules are for our festival, 20 minutes or less. If it's something outside that we didn't consider it, so it's not an issue. Like <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> yeah. um, see, I don't know if you have that. Uh, it's a short festival as well. Do you? Um, you guys? Yeah. I'm the same way. Twenty minutes or under, and that's a hard limit on Film Freeway. So nobody can even submit if it's over. Um, now my festival is unique in that when I started it. I started it with two other festivals. So we had a day long, uh, you know, block of films at a theater, but we only had a one block <clears throat> each festival. So even though I can accept more films, I only play the award winners. So to mm -hmm. me, it's not a question of, do I want to play this 18 minute film versus three six minute films? It, it's, you know, I don't, I don't have to play all of the films that I accept. So it's a little different for me, but definitely, um, I think the shorter the better because I, I go to so many festivals and sometimes you sit there and you wonder how a film got in and then you realize, oh my God, this film is not ending. What? How long is this thing? <laughs> so I, I would recommend shorter being better. Valid, valid. Um, good. So I know that you all have judges that you work with. Um, I know having talked to some of you that the judging process is actually a little different festival to festival without going too much into inside baseball. Um, could you speak maybe to the kind of parameters? What do you look at? What are the, what's your scoring system? Like any, anything that you feel comfortable sharing, obviously, I don't know. You know, anything that's trade secret, that's best that. <laughs> okay. Um, well, if I could coattail the, since I started it and I had to, looks like I'm going to be taking the brunt of every <laughs> question, uh, which I'm cool with, which it's, is totally, totally fine. Totally fine. Uh, just, it was great listening to the rest of the panelists um, commentary and it just fits in with uh, uh, everything really. Um, but yeah, just to follow up a little epilogue to it with, uh, uh, with the selection process and time, um, it, it should be put out there also that the there are bottom line issues that um, you really can't work around in terms of it was kind of refreshing too. I've been uh, for better or worse the past three seasons of my festivals have to have been virtual. So listening to everybody else's uh, war stories and scars, I I I am separated far enough now. I forgot about the sleep. I, I'm still going sleepless nights during the festival virtually, but I forgot about just the grit and the grime and moving. C stands or whatever that you know uh, uh, posters or whatever needs to be done, and still at the same time being cruise director while um, your film people come in and you have to be you know th th this is their Disneyland and you you're, it's your job to at least that's my perspective um, to treat them as such. But 
in dealing with venues, uh, they they come again. Venues are different as well. They have different blocks. Some are two hours. Some are one hour. They charge different um, fees during different times of the week, different hours of the day. So sometimes you have to make a bottom line call. You, this you could have like twenty great documentaries, at least in our case, feature length, but you know, real world, no one wants to go watch a documentary, let alone maybe one. 45 minute, okay, maybe an hour or more if they really, really into the subject matter, but no one's going to go back to back to back documentaries. Um, so you have to make that there's a judgment call there. And most recently, the technology is also making, uh, at least in my world, is creating an issue as well, because uh, we're introducing a DCP only um, uh, acceptance parameter, you know, because we're going to go like, I'm going to presume uh, all of us in some to some degree, at least uh, going to be forced to, to uh, make a decision go as a hybrid festival where online is going to be part of us for at least the next five, 10 years, if not forever, maybe baked in the cake. So that just, yeah, I hope so. Just as like, not everyone yeah. can the travel. Can... Absolutely. And even beyond the pandemic, who, yeah, right now, uh, I don't know if everyone else is making some calls or at least processing it. Uh, with gas prices so high, we're still not out of the pandemic mentality. Now people aren't traveling. I wanted to go support a friend who had a theater um, production in Los Angeles, uh, actually outside of Los Angeles, but ticket prices, like uh, her thing is in Fresno. It's literally $1,000 if I wanted to fly, get a round trip flight, where it was hovering around 300 or so to LA. It's at least double that now minimum. So these are decisions, that's just to get there. That's not lodging and uh, car rental or just transportation, which are, again, as a filmmaker, I want to, or as a uh, festival director, I want to put myself in the other person's shoes. And these are all expenses, as you know, or everybody, any producers know, that's that's one thing if there's, you're going to drop a grand, two grand into to one festival, let alone, but if you're looking at five, six, ten, that's, that's real money. So anyway, going off on a tangent there, but um, in terms of technology, uh, as I as I mentioned, we're going to be going full DCP for live uh, uh, screenings, and there's a price tag to that, and it's kind of expensive. Just because the the places we screen are the higher end theaters, and that's what they re now require. Because um, I still have I, I I have festivals I've done in the hotel conference rooms; those are fine too, and you can get away with a little more rudimentary um, Blu-ray player, and they have whatever systems available at the in the conference area. But again, just there's so many factors, so many yeah. factors. But as you, you no, 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 go, please. What do you use to like actually score? Like, what do you, what's like the direction your judges have as far as like, what are they looking for? If someone's wondering like, what, what, are, what is this judge thinking when they look at my thing? Do they have to watch the whole thing? Do they have to read the whole thing? Like, what, what are the parameters for the judging? Maybe Chrissy outline that and we'll go down the line. Absolutely. The, here, it, to kind of, envelope that's a word envelop some of the comments uh, of the other uh, directors because uh, again all of a sudden i've been doing this a long time and the thing is with because you mentioned staff and your crew and depending on them that's fantastic uh, but i what i found over the years in like three four year blocks uh, that staff can be can be transient so it's not going to be the same people in year five year three what have you somebody people you may depend on they get, I'm not gonna say a real job, but they have a job that's not so seasonal um, in the production world or whatever, or damn, things change. They go back to school or just you know, random things. So with that in mind, um, I found that also with uh, our judges, again, oh, it's almost a decade now, 
uh, we've gone through different iterations and just a different core of people have gone through. Um, at least our our goal is to have uh, on a number of fronts with the judging, we'd like to have at least two sets of eyeballs, if not multiple, on whether it's a screenplay or a film. And again, I, I'm going to re-emphasize leaning back on every festival is different. You know, they're going to have a different set of rules, different. I know with us, I mean, literally, because I, I, you know, I, I started my festivals from the ground up and, you know, I cheat a little bit, due diligence, maybe a better way of putting it. I'll look at other festivals and maybe I'll just Google, a, I, this is so far removed now, but I'll Google to see what their judging system is or uh, any criteria. And then I'll just adopt it into my own that makes sense for what we're doing. So I personally, just to, uh, um, behind the curtain a little bit, I create a contract with a set of parameters in so much as everything from these are the, these are, if it's a screenplay or a uh, film, these are the things to queue up on. These are things to look on this, uh, look specifically at the score. And then, um, as I mentioned before, the, also the human equation in terms of understand that uh, no matter how horrific you may think it is, it deserves a certain degree of respect because they are putting their art out there. Um, and that's why my, I, I believe that you need to have multiple people because some people hate horror movies or horror, hate horror content and they'd have to look at it. Um, uh, or, you know, maybe the, again, you, you gotta be, you gotta have, be work on a swivel of a little bit. Maybe you don't send that, uh, send that content to those judges. If you worked with them over the years, you, you, um, you kind of spread it out, but in terms of like, I mean, what, what's the core of your, your question for Because I, I tend to ramble. Yeah, no, the core of my question is kind of just like, uh, when we score, we have a rating scale, one child, everything over a three is probably going to get accepted, everything over a four is nominated, or we use a percentage and, um, you know, we grade on a, grade on a curve, they get 35% for showing up, they get this much of a percent if it's, you know, readable, like, like what's your what's your system like if you do in I don't know thirty seconds or less what's the judging process for your festival? Okay, yeah, two takes again. I again I'm I'm gonna default back to every festival is different. I mean, literally, you, that, that that just screams the point more so. <laughs> well, that's um, and because uh, I'm taking up too much time here, and then the other point I would like to go out there because it's stuff I'm currently um, I'm studying that uh, what I unsolicited recommendation is to have individual scores opposed to like a group think situation because you have more honest um, evaluations of it where um, yeah there's this part of its human nature depends on person to person but it's, it's almost like like likes on Facebook people will like it more just because they saw other people liking it before actually looking at the content uh, if you have it uh, uh, curated individually by each judge separately from the other people, you tend to have more honest um, uh, scores. Well, that's good insight. Um, for the rest, uh, how do you, what's your uh, 30 seconds or less judging? So I have a shorts director and I have a features director. They're required to watch every single shorter feature that comes in. Then I have uh, other judges that I make sure I have three sets of eyes on each film. Uh, sometimes if you have two, their scores will be so different. So I, I have three and then I sit down with the um, features director and the shorts director and we go through and if it's uh, below a mean score of five and below, it's kicked. 
and then we put them in subcategories. You know, this is our fives to our um, sevens. This is our sevens to our nines, and these are our nines and above. And that's how we start programming from the nines down so we get quality. And then we get together as a group and we um, discuss how to put our blocks together, which sometimes nines always get programmed because they've passed the test of, are they long and boring? Are they too short and don't tell a story? So we've had the three sets of eyes on them. And then I watch everything as well with the two, the short director and the the um, features director so we can discuss it when it comes to programming. That's awesome. Um, for the 48, how does that, I know, whatever you're allowed to say about how that gets judged. Yeah, well, it's, it's pretty transparent. So <laughs> we, we have a set of criteria that's based on technical merit, story, and um, one other thing that I can't remember right now, but there are three <laughs> different scores. Yeah, sure. I did it for five years. Um, so, oh, well. Um, but thankfully, it's in writing and the judges get a copy of that. And of course, they have an overview of what the, what, you know, the project is about. We have standard categories. And then once the judges get the films, we, we've actually done it in person and also virtually. Virtually works better because there is less conversation about and less swaying people back and forth to a certain degree and you get what committee actually thinks. Um, and then, but it was fun when we had the judges in person because we had great snacks and drinks and it was fun because <laughs> it's like you're, you know, and I'm sitting there listening to, to this amazing conversation as as they're talking about films and such. But doing it virtually, I, I actually created a, um, a scoring system. I have each of, we have three judges with um, usually very diverse backgrounds. And I try to make sure that it is people that are in the industry. So, um, you know, in the past, I think when I first started, everyone, you know, the rule was kind of always have local people because you want people to, to have those local contacts. And I agree with that. But I, as the years have gone on, I've also tried to make sure that we're pulling in people who are actually working in LA or New York um, so that for the folks who are doing this kind of as to, to get some film on their reels so that they can use have that for their demo to then go out to show people that they've had actual industry experts take a look at their work and something can come from that. So that was very big for me to want to want to make sure that we were expanding the judging panel. So um, each judge ranks their uh, they they rank their favorites five to one with um five being the best and working uh working their way down and then i actually created an excel spreadsheet that computes everything um so that way i'm just putting in numbers and i can't get swayed by somebody who may be my favorite because <laughs> so, i fall in love with all the films and like i i love the filmmakers and I love the films and I'm like, oh my gosh. And so I like to be as excited and surprised as everyone else when I put everything in and then tabulate it. So that way it's like, there's no favoritism, it's all numbers. And you know, I've never been a math person. So for me to do math for this, I really love films. <laughs> so that's, that's how we do it. <laughs> that's amazing. Uh, how did you do yours for the judging? Um, so yeah, so there were five people on the judging panel basically put in a spreadsheet together of all the films that were entered, had everybody say yes or no, if they liked it. If there was something that was a debate over, then we would go into technicals and things like that. But for the most part, yes or no, yes is in, 
majority and then nose her out. (laughs) (laughs) I love how you're just like, boom, it it is what it is. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, how do you, how do you get it? Well, we have a 10 point scale. Basically, it's just like school. If you got a D or above, you're in. But again, we don't have to play all the films that get in. So if we had to whittle it down to only films that we played, you know, it'd be a little higher uh, barrier to entry. But, uh, you know, the higher the points, the the more chances you are going to have of getting an award as well as getting in. Awesome. Cool. I thank you guys for like all of the the behind the scenes. So there you have it. Thank you to everyone who joined us and to our audience who asked some very awesome questions we were able to get answered as part of that panel. Again, if you'd like to check out the entire thing, you can go to patreon.com slash spacedreamfilms. I look forward to sharing more with you all. I hope that this episode has been helpful and good luck with all of your festival submissions. All right, that's it. Bye. You've been listening to Filmmaking Actually with Coralinda, Space Dream Productions podcast. Subscribe to us on any or all the podcast platforms, but we especially recommend our sponsor, Anchor. If you like what you hear, leave us five-star ratings and positive reviews on iTunes and Stitcher to help some more listeners like you discover the show. But the best thing you can do if you really like the show is tell a friend. Want to leave a comment or ask a question? Email at filmmakingactually at gmail. This is Spacey speaking, and this joke doesn't have a punchline, but don't worry, we'll fix it in post. And we'll see you next time.